0: section nine of lives of the saints with reflections for every day of the year by Reverend Alban butler this LibriVox recording is in the public domain recording by maria therese april sixteenth eighteen martyrs of saragossa and st cratus or ingratia virgin martyr st Optitus and seventeen other holy men received the crown of martyrdom on the same day at saragossa under the cruel governor dacian in the persecution of diocletian in 304 two others caius and cremencius died of their torment after a second conflict the church also celebrates on this day the triumph of saint encratis or Ingratia, virgin she was a native of portugal her father had promised her in marriage to a man of quality in Roussillon but fearing the dangers and despising the vanities of the world and resolving to preserve her virginity in order to appear more agreeable to her heavenly spouse and serve him without hindrance she stole from her father's house and fled privately to saragossa where the persecution was hottest under the eyes of dacian she even reproached him with his barbarities upon which he ordered her to be long tormented in the most inhumane manner her sides were torn with iron hooks and one of her breasts was cut off so that the inner parts of her chest were exposed to view and part of her liver was pulled out in this condition she was sent back to prison being still alive and died by the mortifying of her wounds in 304 the relics of all these martyrs were found at saragossa in 1389 reflection men do not pursue temporal goods at haphazard or by fits and starts let us be as punctual and orderly in the service of god not casting about for new paths but perfecting our ordinary devotions if we persevere in these paradise is ours april seventeenth saint anicetus pope martyr saint anicetus succeeded saint Pius and sat about eight years from 165 to 173 if he did not shed his blood for the faith he at least purchased the title of martyr by great sufferings and dangers he received a visit from St. Polycarp and tolerated the custom of the Asiatics in celebrating Easter on the fourteenth day of the first moon after the vernal equinox with the Jews. His vigilance protected his flock from the wiles of the heretics Valentine and Marcion, who sought to corrupt the faith in the capital of the world. The first thirty-six bishops at Rome, down to Liberius, and this one excepted, all the popes to Symmachus the fifty-second in four ninety-eight are honored among the saints and out of two hundred and forty-eight popes from st peter to clement the thirteenth seventy-eight are named in the roman Martyrology. in the primitive ages the spirit of fervor and perfect sanctity which is nowadays so rare to be found was conspicuous in most of the faithful and especially in their pastors the whole tenor of their lives breathed it in such a manner as to render them the miracles of the world angels on earth living copies of their divine redeemer the odour of whose virtues and holy law and religion they spread on every side reflection if after making the most solemn protestations of inviolable friendship and affection for a fellow creature we should the next moment revile and condemn him without having received any provocation or affront and this habitually would not the whole world justly call our protestations hypocrisy and our pretended friendship a mockery let us by this rule judge if our love of god be sovereign so long as our inconstancy betrays the insincerity of our hearts April eighteenth saint Apollonius martyr marcus aurelius had persecuted the christians but his son commodus who in one eighty succeeded him showed himself favorable to them out of regard to his empress marcia who was an admirer of the faith During this calm the number of the faithful was exceedingly increased, and many persons of the first rank, among them Apollonius, a Roman senator, enlisted themselves under the banner of the cross. He was a person very well versed both in philosophy and the holy scripture. In the midst of the peace which the church enjoyed, he was publicly accused of Christianity by one of his own slaves. The slave was immediately condemned to have his legs broken and to be put to death, in consequence of an edict of marcus aurelius, who, without repealing the former laws against convicted Christians, ordered by it that their accusers should be put to death the slave being executed, the same judge sent an order to saint Apollonius to renounce his religion as he valued his life and fortune. The saint courageously rejected such ignominious terms of safety, wherefore Perinus referred him to the judgment of the Roman Senate to give an account of his faith to that body. Persisting in his refusal to comply with the condition, the saint was condemned by a decree of the Senate, and beheaded about the year 186. Reflection It is the prerogative of the Christian religion to inspire men with such resolution, and form them to such heroism that they rejoice to sacrifice their life to truth. This is not the bare force and exertion of nature, but the undoubted power of the Almighty, whose strength is thus made perfect in weakness. Every Christian ought, by his manner, to bear witness to the sanctity of his faith. Such would be the force of universal good example, that no libertine or infidel could withstand it. April 19th St. Elphage, Archbishop St. Elphage was born in the year 954 of a noble Saxon family. He first became a monk in the monastery of Deerhurst, near Tewkesbury, England. And afterwards lived as a hermit near bath where he founded a community under the rule of st benedict and became its first abbot at thirty years of age he was chosen bishop of winchester and twenty-two years later he became archbishop of canterbury in ten eleven when the danes landed in kent and took the city of canterbury putting all to fire and sword st elphage was captured and carried off in the expectation of a large ransom he was unwilling that his ruined church and people should be put to such expense and was kept in a loathsome prison at greenwich for seven months while so confined some friends came and urged him to lay a tax upon his tenants to raise the sum demanded for his ransom what reward can i hope for said he if i spend upon myself what belongs to the poor better give up to the poor what is ours than take from them the little which is their own as he still refused to give ransom the enraged Danes fell upon him in a fury, beat him with the blunt sides of their weapons, and bruised him with stones, until one, whom the saint had baptized shortly before, put an end to his sufferings by the blow of an axe. He died on Easter Saturday, April 19, 1012, his last words being a prayer for his murderers. His body was first buried in St. Paul's London, but afterwards translated to Canterbury by King Canute. A church dedicated to St. Elphage, still stands upon the place of his martyrdom at Greenwich. Reflection. Those who are in high positions should consider themselves as stewards rather than masters of the wealth or power entrusted to them for the benefit of the poor and weak. St. Elphage died rather than extort his ransom from the poor tenants of the church lands. April 20th. St. Marcellinus, Bishop. St. Marcellinus was born in Africa of a noble family, accompanied by vincent and dominus he went over into gaul and there preached the gospel with great success in the neighborhood of the alps he afterwards settled at imbrun where he built a chapel in which he passed his nights in prayer after laboring all day in the exercise of his sacred calling by his pious example as well as by his earnest words he converted many of the heathens among whom he lived he was afterwards made bishop of the people whom he had won over to christ But the date of his consecration is not positively known burning with zeal for the glory of god he sent vincent and dominus to preach the faith in those parts which he could not visit in person he died at Embrun about the year 374 and was there interred st gregory of tours who speaks of marcellinus in terms of highest praise mentions many miracles as happening at his tomb reflection though you may not be called upon to preach at least endeavor to set a good example, remembering that deeds often speak louder than words. April twenty-first, St. Anselm, Archbishop Anselm was a native of Piedmont, and when a boy of fifteen, being forbidden to enter religion, he for a while lost his fervor, left his home, and went to various schools in France. At length his vocation revived, and he became a monk at Bec in Normandy, the fame of his sanctity in this cloister led William Rufus, when dangerously ill, to take him for his confessor and to name him to the vacancy of Canterbury. Now began the strife of Anselm's life with new health. the king relapsed into his former sins, plundered the church lands, scorned the archbishop's rebukes, and forbade him to go to Rome for the pallium. Anselm went and returned only to enter into a more bitter strife with William's successor, Henry I. This sovereign claimed the right of investing prelates with the ring and crozier, symbols of the spiritual jurisdiction which belonged to the church alone. The worldly prelates did not scruple to call St. Anselm a traitor for his defense of the Pope's supremacy, on which the saint rose, and with calm dignity exclaimed, If any man pretends that I violate my faith to my king, because I will not reject the authority of the Holy See of Rome, let him stand forth, and in the name of God I will answer him as I ought." no one took up the challenge and to the disappointment of the king the baron sided with the saint for they respected his courage and that his cause was their own sooner than yield the archbishop went again into exile till at last the king was obliged to submit to the feeble but inflexible old man in the midst of his harassing cares st anselm found time for writings which had made him celebrated as the father of scholastic theology while in metaphysics and in science he had few equals He is yet more famous for his devotion to Our Blessed Lady, whose Feasts of the Immaculate Conception he was the first to establish in the West. He died in 1109. Reflection Whoever, like St. Anselm, contends for the Church's rights, is fighting on the side of God against the tyranny of Satan. April 22nd St. Soter, Pope Martyr St. Soter was raised to the papacy upon the death of St. Anicetus in 173. By the sweetness of his discourses he comforted all persons with the tenderness of a father, and assisted the indigent with liberal alms, especially those who suffered for the faith. He liberally extended his charities, according to the custom of his predecessors, to remote churches, particularly to that of Corinth, to which he addressed an excellent letter as st dionysius of corinth testifies in his letter of thanks who adds that his letter was found worthy to be read for their edification on sundays at their assemblies to celebrate the divine mysteries together with the letters of st clement pope st Soda vigorously opposed the heresy of montanus and governed the church to the year 177 st leonidas martyr the emperor severus in the year 202 which was the tenth of his reign raised a bloody persecution which filled the whole empire with martyrs but especially egypt the most illustrious of those who by their triumphs ennobled and edified the city of alexandria was leonidas father of the great origen he was a christian philosopher and excellently versed both in the profane and sacred sciences he had seven sons the eldest of whom was origen whom he brought up with abundance of care returning god thanks for having blessed him with a son of such an excellent disposition for learning and a very great zeal for piety these qualifications endeared him greatly to his father who after his son was baptized come to his bedside while he was asleep and opening his bosom kiss it respectfully as being the temple of the holy ghost when the persecution raged at alexandria under laetus governor of egypt in the tenth year of severus Leonidas was cast into prison. Origen, who was then only seventeen years of age, burned with an incredible desire of martyrdom, and sought every opportunity of meeting with it. But his mother conjured him not to forsake her, and his ardor being redoubled at the sight of his father's chains, she was forced to lock up all his clothes to oblige him to stay at home. So, not being able to do any more, he wrote a letter to his father, in very moving terms, strongly exhorting him to look on the crown that was offered him with courage and joy, adding this clause, Take heed, sir, that for our sakes you do not change your mind. Leonidas was accordingly beheaded for the faith in 202. His estates and goods being all confiscated and seized for the emperor's use, his widow was left with seven children to maintain in the poorest condition imaginable, but divine providence with both her comfort and support april twenty third Saint George Martyr Saint George was born in Cappadocia at the close of the third century of Christian parents. In early youth he chose a soldier's life, and soon obtained the favor of Diocletian, who advanced him to the grade of tribune. When, however, the emperor began to persecute the Christians, George rebuked him at once sternly and openly for his cruelty, and threw up his commission. He was in consequence subjected to a lengthened series of torments and finally beheaded there was something so inspiriting in the defiant cheerfulness of the young soldier that every christian felt a personal share in this triumph of christian fortitude and as years rolled on saint george became a type of successful combat against evil the slayer of the dragon the darling theme of camp song and story until so thick a shade his very glory round him made that his real lineaments became hard to trace Even beyond the circle of Christendom he was held in honor, and invading Saracens taught themselves to accept from desecration the image of him they hailed as the White Horse Knight. The devotion to St. George is one of the most ancient and widely spread in the Church. In the East a Church of St. George is ascribed to Constantine, and his name is invoked in the most ancient liturgies, whilst in the West Malta, Barcelona, Valencia, Aragon, Genoa, and England have chosen him as their patron reflection what shall i say of fortitude without which neither wisdom nor justice is of any worth fortitude is not of the body but is a constancy of soul wherewith we are conquerors in righteousness patiently bear all adversities and in prosperity are not puffed up this fortitude he lacks who is overcome by pride anger greed drunkenness and the like neither have they fortitude who when in adversity make shift to escape at their soul's expense Wherefore the Lord saith, Fear not those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. In like manner those who are puffed up in prosperity, and abandon themselves to excessive joviality, cannot be called strong. For how can they be called strong, who cannot hide and repress the heart's emotion? Fortitude is never conquered, or, if conquered, is not fortitude. St. Bruno April 24th fidelis of sigmaringen fidelis was born at sigmaringen in 1577 of noble parents in his youth he frequently approached the sacraments visited the sick and the poor and spent moreover many hours before the altar for a time he followed the legal profession and was remarkable for his advocacy of the poor and his respectful language towards his opponents finding it difficult to become both a rich lawyer and a good christian Fidelis entered the Capuchin order, and embraced a life of austerity and prayer. Hair shirts, iron-pointed girdles, and disciplines were penances too light for his fervor, and being filled with the desire of martyrdom, he rejoiced at being sent to Switzerland by the newly founded Congregation of Propaganda, and braved every peril to rescue souls from the diabolical heresy of Calvin. When preaching at Cevis, he was fired at by a Calvinist, but the fear of death could not deter him from proclaiming divine truth after his sermon he was waylaid by a body of protestants headed by a minister who attacked him and tried to force him to embrace their so-called reform but he said i came to refute your errors, not to embrace them i will never renounce catholic doctrine which is the truth of all ages and i fear not death on this they fell upon him with their poignards, and the first murder of propaganda went to receive his palm Reflection. We delight in decorating the altars of god with flowers lights and jewels and it is right to do so but if we wish to offer to god gifts of higher value let us in imitation of saint fidelis save the souls who but for us will be lost for so we shall offer him as it were the jewels of paradise april 25th saint mark evangelist saint mark was converted to the faith by the prince of the apostles whom he afterwards accompanied to rome acting there as his secretary or interpreter when st peter was writing his first epistle to the churches of asia he affectionately joins with his own salutation that of his faithful companion whom he calls my son mark the roman people entreated st mark to put in writing for them the substance of st peter's frequent discourses on our lord's life this the evangelist did under the eye and with the express sanction of the apostle And every page of his brief but graphic gospel still bore the impress of saint peter's character that the fathers used to name it peter's gospel saint mark was now sent to egypt to found the church of alexandria here his disciples became the wonder of the world for their piety and asceticism so that saint jerome speaks of saint mark as the father of the anchorites who at a later time thronged the egyptian deserts here too he set up the first christian school the fruitful mother of many illustrious doctors and bishops after governing his see for many years st mark was one day seized by the heathen dragged by ropes over stones and thrown into prison on the morrow the torture was repeated and having been consoled by a vision of angels and the voice of jesus st mark went to his reward it is to St. Mark that we owe the many slight touches, which often give such vivid coloring to the gospel scenes, and help us to picture to ourselves the very gestures and looks of our blessed Lord. It is he alone who notes that in the temptation Jesus was with the beasts, that he slept in the boat on a pillow, that he embraced the little children. He alone preserves for us the commanding words, Peace be still, by which the storm was quelled, or even the very sounds of his voice, the epheta and talitha kumi by which the dumb were made to speak and the dead to rise so too the looking round about with anger and the sighing deeply long treasured in the memory of the penitent apostle who was himself converted by his saviour's looks are here recorded by his faithful interpreter reflection learn from st mark to keep the image of the son of man ever before your mind and to ponder every syllable which fell from his lips april twenty sixth saints cletus and marcellinus popes martyrs saint cletus was the third bishop of rome and succeeded saint linus which circumstance alone shows his eminent virtue among the first disciples of saint peter in the west he sat twelve years from seventy-six to eighty-nine the canon of the roman mass bede and other martyrologists style him a martyr he was buried near saint linus in the vatican and his relics still remain in that church. St. Marcellinus succeeded St. Caius in the bishopric of Rome in 296, about the time that Diocletian set himself up for a deity and impiously claimed divine honors. In those stormy times of persecution, Marcellinus acquired great glory. He sat in St. Peter's chair eight years, three months, and twenty-five days, dying in 304, a year after the cruel persecution broke out in which he gained much honour. He has been styled a martyr, though his blood was not shed in the cause of religion. Reflection It is a fundamental maxim of the Christian morality, and a truth which Christ has established in the clearest terms, and in innumerable passages of the gospel, that the cross, or suffering, and mortification, are the road to eternal bliss. They, therefore, who lead not here a crucified and mortified life, are unworthy ever to possess the unspeakable joys of his kingdom our lord himself our model and our head walked in this path and his great apostle puts us in mind that he entered into bliss only by his blood and by the cross april twenty seventh saint zita virgin zita lived for forty-eight years in the service of Fatanelli, a citizen of lucca during this time she rose each morning while the household were asleep to hear Mass, and then toiled incessantly till night came, doing the work of others as well as her own. Once Zita, absorbed in prayer, remained in church past the usual hour of her bread-making. She hastened home, reproaching herself with neglect of duty, and found the bread made and ready for the oven. She never doubted that her mistress or one of the servants had needed it, and going to them thanked them, but they were astonished. No human being had made the bread, a delicious perfume rose from it for angels had made it during her prayer for years her master and mistress treated her as a mere drudge while her fellow servants resenting her diligence as a reproach to themselves insulted and struck her Zita united these sufferings with those of christ her lord never changing the sweet tone of her voice nor forgetting her gentle and quiet ways at length fatinelli seeing the success which attended her undertakings gave her charge of his children and of the household. She dreaded this dignity more than the worst humiliation, but scrupulously fulfilled her trust. By her holy economy her master's goods were multiplied while the poor were fed at his door. Gradually her unfailing patience conquered the jealousy of her fellow servants, and she became their advocate with their hot-tempered master, who dared not give way to his anger before Zita. In the end her prayer and toil sanctified the whole house, and drew down upon it the benediction of heaven. She died in 1272, and in the moment of her death a bright star appearing above her attic showed that she had gained eternal rest. Reflection What must I do to be saved? said a certain one in fear of damnation. Work and pray, pray and work, a voice replied, and thou shalt be saved. The whole life of Saint Sita teaches us this truth. April twenty eighth, Saint Paul of the Cross. The eighty-one years of the saint's life were modeled on the passion of Jesus Christ. In his childhood, when praying in church, a heavy bench fell on his foot, but the boy took no notice of the bleeding wound and spoke of it as a rose sent from God. A few years later, the vision of a scourge with love written on its lashes assured him that his thirst for penance would be satisfied. In the hope of dying for the faith, he enlisted in a crusade against the turks but a voice from the tabernacle warned him that he was to serve christ alone and that he should found a congregation in his honor at the command of his bishop he began while a layman to preach the passion and a series of crosses to try the reality of his vocation all his first companions save his brother deserted him the sovereign pontiff refused him an audience and it was only after a delay of 17 years that the papal approbation was obtained and the first house of the Passionists was opened on Monte Orgontario, the spot which Our Lady had pointed out. St. Paul chose as the badge of his order a heart with three nails, in memory of the sufferings of Jesus, but for himself he invented a more secret and durable sign. Moved by the same holy impulse as Blessed Henry Susso, St. Jane Francis, and other saints, he branded on his side the holy name, and its characters were found there after death his heart beat with a supernatural palpitation which was especially vehement on fridays and the heat at times was so intense as to scorch his shirt in the region of his heart through fifty years of incessant bodily pain and amidst all his trials paul read the love of jesus everywhere and would cry out to the flowers and grass oh be quiet be quiet as if they were reproaching him with ingratitude he died whilst the passion was being read to him and so passed with jesus from the cross to glory Saint Vitalis, martyr. Saint Vitalis was a citizen of Milan and is said to have been the father of Saint Gervasius and Protasius. The divine providence conducted him to Ravenna, where he saw a Christian named Erysichnus, who was condemned to lose his head for the faith, standing aghast at the sight of death and seeming ready to yield. Vitalis was extremely moved at this spectacle. He knew his double obligation of preferring the glory of God and the eternal salvation of his neighbor to his own corporal life. He therefore boldly and successfully encouraged sickness to triumph over death, and after his martyrdom carried off his body, and respectfully interred it. The judge, whose name was Paulinus, being informed of this, caused Vitalis to be apprehended, stretched on the rack, and, after other torments, to be buried alive in a place called the palm-tree in Ravenna. His wife, Valeria, returning from Ravenna to Milan, was beaten to death by peasants, because she refused to join them in idolatrous festival and riot. Reflection We are not all called to the sacrifice of martyrdom, but we are all bound to make our lives a continuous sacrifice of ourselves to God, and to perform every action in this perfect spirit of sacrifice. Thus we shall both live and die to God, perfectly resigned to His holy will and all His appointments. April twenty ninth, St. Peter, Martyr In 1205, the glorious martyr Peter was born at Verona, of heretical parents. He went to a Catholic school, and his manichean uncle asked him what he learnt. The creed, answered Peter. I believe in God, creator of heaven and earth. No persuasion could shake his faith, and at 15 he received the habit from St. Dominic himself at Bologna. After ordination he preached to the heretics of Lombardy and converted multitudes st peter was constantly obliged to dispute with heretics and although he was able to confound them still the devil took occasion then to tempt him once against the faith instantly he had recourse to prayer before an image of our lady and heard a voice saying to him the words of jesus christ in the gospel i have prayed for thee peter that thy faith may not fail and thou shalt confirm thy brethren in it once when exhorting a vast crowd under the burning sun The heretics defied him to procure shade. He prayed, and a cloud overshadowed the audience. In spite of his sanctity, he was foully slandered, and even punished for immorality. He submitted humbly, but complained in prayer to Jesus crucified. The crucifix spoke, And I, Peter, what did I do? Every day as he elevated at Mass the precious blood, he prayed, Grant, Lord, that I may die for thee, who for me didst die his prayer was answered. The heretics confounded by him sought his life. Two of them attacked him as he was returning to Milan, and struck his head with an axe. St. Peter fell, commended himself to God, dipped his finger in his own blood, and wrote on the ground, I believe in God, creator of heaven and earth. They then stabbed him in the side, and he received his crown. Reflection from a boy st peter boldly professed his faith among heretics he spent his life in preaching the faith to heretics and received the glorious and long desired crown of martyrdom from heretics we are surrounded by heretics are we courageous firm zealous full of prayer for their conversion unflinching in our profession of faith st ewe abbot of cluny st Hugh was a prince related to the sovereign house of the dukes of burgundy and had his education under the tuition of his pious mother, and under the care of you, Bishop of Auxerre, his great-uncle. From his infancy he was exceedingly given to prayer and meditation, and his life was remarkably innocent and holy. One day, hearing an account of the wonderful sanctity of the monks of Cluny, under St. Odilo, he was so moved that he set out that moment, and going thither, humbly begged the monastic habit. After a rigid novitiate, he made his profession in 1039, being sixteen years old. His extraordinary virtue, especially his admirable humility, obedience, charity, sweetness, prudence, and zeal, gained him the respect of the whole community, and upon the death of St. in 1049, though only twenty-five years old, he succeeded to the government of that great abbey, which he held sixty-two years. He received to the religious profession you, Duke of Burgundy, and died on the twenty-ninth of April in 1109, aged eighty-five. He was canonized twelve years after his death, by Pope Calixtus II. April 30th, St. Catherine of Siena Catherine, the daughter of a humble tradesman, was raised up to be the guide and guardian of the church in one of the darkest periods of its history, the fourteenth century. As a child, prayer was her delight she would say the hail mary on each step as she mounted the stairs and was granted in reward a vision of christ in glory when but seven years old she made a vow of virginity and afterwards endured persecution for refusing to marry our lord gave her his heart in exchange for her own communicated her with his own hands and stamped on her body the prints of his wounds at the age of fifteen she entered the third order of st dominic but continued to reside in her father's shop where she united a life of active charity with the prayer of a contemplative saint from this obscure home the seraphic virgin was summoned to defend the church's cause armed with papal authority and accompanied by three confessors she travelled through italy reducing rebellious cities to the obedience of the holy see and winning hardened souls to god in the face well nigh of the whole world she sought out gregory the eleventh at avignon brought him back to rome and by her letters to the kings and queens of europe made good the papal cause she was the counsellor of urban the sixth and sternly rebuked the disloyal cardinals who had part in electing an anti-pope long had the holy virgin foretold the terrible schism which began ere she died day and night she wept and prayed for unity and peace but the devil excited the roman people against the pope so that some sought the life of christ's vicar With intense earnestness did St. Catherine beg our Lord to prevent this enormous crime. In spirit she saw the whole city full of demons, tempting the people to resist and even slay the Pope. The seditious temper was subdued by Catherine's prayers, but the devils vented their malice by scourging the saint herself, who gladly endured all for God and his church. She died at Rome in 1380, at the age of thirty-three. Reflection the seraphic Saint Catherine willingly sacrificed the life of contemplation to labor for the Church and the Apostolic See. How deeply do the troubles of the Church and the consequent loss of souls afflict us? How often do we pray for the Church and the Pope End of Section nine Recording by Maria Therese.